0: Selena, tell me once and for all, what is the most important thing for us to do as parents?
1: Wouldn't you like to know? I would love to know. <laughs> the most important duty I think we can undertake as parents is to teach our children the truths of God.
0: It's as easy as that. It's as easy as that. <laughs>
1: and done. They
0: teach it and they're done. They get it. They it's get done. it. It's done. If they didn't get it. You must have taught it wrong. <laughs> <I'm
1: kidding. laughs> Every parent's fear. <laughs>
0: yeah so that's what it is then okay so what what does that mean exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you know uh overall our kids they need christ they need to know about the things of god the truths of god how god's people lived uh and in what way that he calls us today as believers to live uh in light of his commandments his instruction uh and in light of the grace that he's given us to jesus dying on the cross but before we do that
0: we haven't even gone to the other side yet
1: we haven't gone to the other side we're going to the other side right now so we'll see you on that other side <laughs>
0: it's like moss on a mississippi <laughs> tree stump <laughs> I say it a different way
1: gotta say it a different way was the that's way what you said it's not good enough that's what i think of, every time you
0: just You know what? I'm trying to get a Ron Cronkite thing going on here. Is is that was it was Walter (laughs) (laughs) Ron Cronkite was a guy that I knew that used to play keyboard at church. Walter Cronkite. (laughs) Hi Ron if you're watching this. Walter Cronkite is the one that had the that's the way the cookie crumbles. Right. So that's the other side is kinda your 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 cronkite moment. My cronkite
1: moment. Well, you do you usually do a lot of that talking, so I haven't developed my cronkite. Your brand, my brand yet so salty and
0: sweet today, Oh, what a treat that's your brand That's
1: your brand for me it's not I'm not claiming hey, that it's my brand sticky
0: brands. <laughs> sticky Sticky's my brand
1: <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about what's the most important duty of a parent what does it mean we're going to define that and then we're going to give you five ways on how to begin instructing your children in the truth of God
0: interesting um I you, you kind of as we open this can of worms <laughs> It really does matter your worldview, right? Because if you ask anyone in the world, "Hey, what's the one thing that our kids need to mm. need to gain?" It's a very you're,
1: telling question.
0: You're going to get very different answers yeah. based on what era you're in, what area you're in, and who you talk to, yeah. right? Maybe mm-hmm. in more uh, what um, less individualistic cultures, you'll get the fact that I want we want our kids to honor their family. Mm-hmm. We want our kids to honor, you know. Uh, the the leaders of our nation or whatever that's going to be more less individualistic cultures um more group oriented cultures uh if you go back in time maybe even to the 1920s 1930s so the most important thing for me to teach my kids is how to survive in this harsh world like how to carve out a living yeah how to you know how to how to not starve right yeah you go to any other area talk to a. a, you talk to an individual who could be a tradesman he's going to say the most important thing you want to teach my son is my trade because that's how i provided for my family that's how i've made added value to my community yeah. so all that aside knowing that there are going to be varying answers to this we are trying to go even a level deeper than all that stuff so if we see ourselves we see our children not merely as physical beings not just instance,
1: instances
0: <laughs> not just instances of flesh and bone of body here for a limited time, yeah. but instead they are everlasting souls, right? right? That they're not just, you know, they're not just flesh, but they are flesh and soul. Uh, then we're going to see it completely differently. We have a time frame that spans beyond this life. Mm. And so that's the perspective we're coming from because we're Bible believing Christ following lovers of God, mm-hmm. Christians, as we would call ourselves, Um we follow what Christ says on these things, and so Christ did have some things to say about how to raise our children, and therefore, based on that, we now have a starting point to say, yeah. okay, if we say we follow Christ, if you're still watching this, I'm gonna assume <laughs> that you st- you follow Christ or are aiming to follow Christ yeah. in your parenting, um, then we have pretty clear instruction on how we can, or at least we have very clear instruction on what's most important in the lives of our children. Thanks. So there. if
1: you are still following this, I am Selena and this <laughs> is Ryan and we are the voices and faces and confounders behind fierce parenting.
0: Did you say confounders?
1: <laughs> kind of founders. Okay. I
0: don't know. I'm a confounder. You yes, are for a confounder.
1: sure. <laughs> you confound me all the time. Uh, we are, yeah, the voices behind fierce marriage and also fierce parenting.
0: If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to this video on YouTube <laughs> subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes mm-hmm. we do have marriage and parenting episodes coming out weekly yeah. each so a lot of work being done on this end of the the camera uh, we're doing our very best to bring our best to you and that actually leads me to my next I guess thing is if you want to partner with us you can do that. It's through partners like you. It's through selling the books that we write Mm -hmm. that we are able to keep this content going because I'm not off doing a job, right? I used to be a janitor. Mm -hmm. I could be doing that right now. I used to be, uh, I used to work at the state. Mm -hmm. I could be doing that right now. I used to be a web developer. I could be crunching code right now. You still kind of do sometimes. I still do. It comes with the territory. (laughs) point is, is the Lord has been gracious and we spend most of our time digging into the word to encourage Couples and parents yeah. and families. We have some really exciting announcements over the next come over the next few months yeah. that are along those lines. Even more resources for you. So that's possible through selling books and pay- uh, our uh, our supporters or patrons. Yeah. So go to fierceparenting.com/partner. Okay. So what is it? The most important thing?
1: <laughs> well, the Bible is clear about children. They are a blessing. We are to teach them and raise them up in the truths of God. And then as Christ said when he left this earth we're commissioned right we are then commissioned to send he didn't say children but he commissioned all of us as believers to right. go and to preach the gospel right to to make disciples and so the struggle here i think as parents is that i think we feel ill equipped or we don't really know we don't see this uh, the why right we see we just kind of see that we're always we're always failing like how can i even teach or train my child to be commissioned for the Lord, right? I I don't even know what those words mean, or I'm trying to understand, or I want those things, and I want that to be a reality, but where do I even begin, right? And why is this such an important topic? Uh, We have a quote by...
0: A man by the name of Minton. I believe he's a Puritan Mm -hmm. uh, minister, but he said this, The devil is a great spite toward the kingdom of Christ, and he knows no better way to crush it in the egg than by the perversion of youth... And supplanting the family duties, if he can subvert families, other societies and communities will not flourish long and subsist with any power and vigor. For there is the stock from which all societies are supplied, both for the present and for the future.
1: Right, and we already see evidence of youth being infiltrated by the enemy. We see this happening—the uh, breakdown again of our, our youth and our children in society. at I mean, just look around you—the the user age of. Porn uh, has lowered uh, abortion. I mean, just from conception, children are being obliterated. Uh, mm-hmm. The narratives around gender identity, sexual orientation, questioning the truth, right? These truths of God that life is, is holy. It is good. It is a gift from God that the orientation, the person that I am, that he's created me to be is a good and beautiful, purposeful, eternal thing. So mm. the, the exposure of these types of, of conversations within our society are happening at a lower age and within our children. And we believe because uh, the breakdown of the kingdom, yes, it can happen at mm. our age as adults. But to really get to the root of it, why do you think like porn industries are, are aiming at kids and why? Mm. Uh, everybody's trying to just get to the youth because that's the next generation. If they have somebody hooked at such a young age, then they are guaranteed the longevity of that investment. This is such investment. a,
0: this, this I'm going to be satirical here for a moment, yeah. but th- that is uh, so counter what we were taught to root our hope in, right? We've never had such free-flowing information mm. in the history of man. We've never had prosperity as yeah. a, as a, a culture as a globe like we're experiencing right. now we've never had more freedom one could argue i mm. know there's nuances to <laughs> maybe where you fall right now on the current political yeah. but but by and large
1: we're safe we, we live in a lot there's more of, of and everything yeah.
0: but what seems like we we are we are collapsing in like a dying star in on ourselves mm-hmm. because if we remove god from that equation it's what we end up it's it's what we're left with yeah we're left with these ideologies that just do not deliver. They overpromise and underdeliver mm-hmm. every single every time. Every single time. In every single area that you mentioned, mm-hmm. they overpromise that if you just buy this idea, you apply this idea, it right. will fix your problems. And what we're finding is you'd mentioned early rates of pornography addiction, you mentioned um, all kinds of things. I would also draw attention to the heightened, and it's astounding. Mm-hmm. How, how much greater the rate of depression is among yeah, youths,
1: anxiety. how much
0: greater the rate of anxiety is, yep. how much greater the rate of general unhappiness. And you can see those in things, you can see those evident in statistics like the suicide rates, suicide attempt, attempt rates, mm-hmm. just, you know.
1: So more stuff and more things and more good things doesn't equal a happy, like grown, thriving yes. child?
0: It would seem that that's the case, that there is maybe a deeper truth that ha- that has been jettisoned in the pursuit of our "quote unquote" uh, postmodern uh, concept of reality, yeah. and, and we're,
1: we're not here to poke fun. I know that we laugh and we smile, but the 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 truth is is that I think a lot of parents they don't feel equipped. They don't feel like they've been given permission uh, to step into that role as mm. parent, as teacher, as discipler. Uh, because they've been disqualified by, say, whoever. Society, you know, we just think, oh, our kids will learn about God at church. Or, you know, we pray. We read the Bible sometimes at, at, the, at the table. And But, see, the, tr- the trouble is, is that we, we have to realize that this is our role as parents. That our kids need Jesus. Mm-hmm. They need to know the truths of God like they know themselves in the mirror. They can recognize the truth. They can Mm. think with clarity, and they can also defend that truth and in a winsome way. And this is not something that they're going to learn. By God's grace, yes, they can pick things up and learn it at school, but these are habits. These are a familiarity with the, the truths of God because you can only know something is not by knowing what the other thing is, right? There's a, the um, contrast yeah. piece of it. So God is faithful. You are not. You don't have to be a perfect parent to be able to teach your kids the truths of God. Uh, he is faithful. And I think part of this uh, excitement of being able to share, like this is your duty, like take it on mm-hmm. with joy, is that you don't have to be perfect and know it all because learning together, I think, is one of the biggest joy, joy-filled uh, experiences we can have. Uh, as a parent uh, with our child.
0: So as we get into what this looks like to actually teach our children these truths, mm-hmm. I just want to cast this kind of vision and just ask this question. Mm-hmm. Is how different how different would our society look? How different would our society be if Christian parents taught their children with dedication, with vigor, with conviction mm-hmm. the truths of God? How different would we be? Yeah. And m- much of what we've experienced in terms of the good things we've experienced in our lives, are the fruits of faithful parents that are yeah. that have gone before us, of faithful ministers of Christ that they minister in their home. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're so kind of impassioned by this because if the Christian parents that are watching this, and it could be just a handful, if by God's grace, by God's grace many more people watch this and you call yourself a Christian parent, we're going to tell you that you are a world changer in the actual sense of the word. Not in the wishful thinking sense of the word, not in the, you know, snake oil sense of the term, but you are a world changer if you choose to teach your children God's truth with dedication, with vigor, and with conviction.
1: And I think part of the, the, I I would argue that part of the reason why it's crept out of the home and maybe uh, put more into, uh, well, less into schools, but put more into churches, because I mean, I was a product and I'm so grateful Uh, My parents were divorced, and so I went to church and was sort of brought in by the church, which I think is the role of the church, is to step in and help uh, in a single-parent home Mm -hmm. where I needed to know the things of God, but my mom was so limited in the time that she was able to have with us because she had to provide for us because she had to um, work nights and sleep during the day while we're at school but we were at we're scholarship at a Christian school we were around teachers who loved God we were around the teachings of God the truths of God and I'm not saying that to just I don't we are all for the local church and I think Mm. I think the pendulum may be swinging a little too much in that well our kids go to school to get taught you know, reading, writing, math, and then they go to church to be taught about God. So they're getting all well-rounded, right? And it's like, well, fundamentally, they should be taught about God first and foremost. And math is integrated into, uh, how do we see God in math? How do we see God in science, right? Like it's not, these are not pieces that should be taken apart necessarily. And so I guess I'm just saying that the church is Mm. absolutely a place where we need to not ever forsake the gathering, but don't let it be the only place that your kids are being discipled. Uh, and being trained in the truths of God.
0: Just to use that math example, I would argue you can't even really understand or appreciate (laughs) math aside from recognizing the creator behind it. It's true. It doesn't mean the Bible is a math textbook. That's not what we're saying. But the Bible does tell us about the creator of the universe, the creator and the crafter of our souls and the savior of our souls. And uh, that says much with how we appreciate the creation itself is by knowing the creator. Right. And so um, that's a bit of a tangent, but I think that's an encouragement that this is an all encompassing, Mm -hmm. saturating, uh, integrated way of, of being a parent that you're not just, like you said, you're not segmenting this part. Okay. My job is discipleship. Okay. So that means teach them to follow Jesus and you know, whatever that laundry list looks like. We're saying, no, your job is discipleship. Yes. But it includes everything. Yeah. It includes everything yeah um and and that's one of our main tenets we've talked about a lot that every decision you make in your parenting is a discipleship decision Right, not just their schooling not just where they go to church but things like basketball practice things right. like what kind of clothes they wear what kind of things you put on the screen in your right. home what kind of music cu- plays in your home Right, uh, many many things like that so
1: i want us to go to romans 8 we're gonna read i think about 9 10 verses real quick about God's everlasting love. And I think that this has helped me. I pray that it helps you feel emboldened as a mm-hmm. parent um, to walk out your duty with confidence uh, and to know that that nothing is going to separate you from the love of God and that uh, his love empowers mm-hmm. us, his love emboldens us. Oh. Uh, so verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Do we not want our children to know these things and the depth of these things and the security of the truth about the love, the everlasting love of God.
0: The phrase that Paul used that really jumps out at me, given our current cultural context, is in verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against Mm -hmm. God's elect? It is God who justifies. Mm -hmm. Who shall bring any charge against you? I think one of the things that makes us gun-shy as parents is the fear of being misunderstood, Mm -hmm. the fear of being misrepresented, Mm -hmm. uh, or that our children might misunderstand our intentions or they might misunderstand some of the things that we teach them about God um, that that starting point is a it's it, it's destined to fail to to say like i'm 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 rooting the the source of my action in right. whether Myself. or not someone else will <laughs> right. understand this well as opposed to recognizing that no one can bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies and what that means it's talking about our salvation it's talking about our our security and resurrection in Christ and, and all those sorts of things. But that as a rooting starting point is a completely different orientation to ha- to this conversation and to how we approach it with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is really helpful now in the cultural context that we're currently in.
1: Right. So not only are we affirmed as being more than conquerors, but we can mm-hmm. also see this challenge as an opportunity uh, to learn alongside of our children. And I said it before, I think it's a very Underseen, underexperienced, under-experienced, joy-filled opportunity mm. for us to open our Bibles together with our children, to teach them, but to also be taught uh, by them and by the Word. Mm. Uh, I'd venture to say that children love doing things with their parents, yeah. uh, so it's obvious to them when you're learning alongside them, yeah. and they. I don't think there's anything richer or more experiential for the child uh, as for when you are sitting next to them one-on-one, going through stuff together. Um, so
0: that's the big overarching encouragement is right. that God made you, your child's parent on purpose mm-hmm. and for this purpose. So teaching the truths of God to your children is that grand purpose. Right. And this is now we're going to get really practical is how, are, how do you get started in that? You yeah. may be a master discipler <laughs> watching this Well, Maybe you'll pick up something different. <laughs> Or you might be thinking, I've never even, I don't even understand what discipleship is. It's just a thing that Christians say all the time.
1: <laughs> I don't actually know what it is.
0: And so we're just going to give you five really clear um, kind of tangible things that you can do kind of in progression or maybe alongside one another. And the first one is this. And
1: Let's stop for a, a second ahead. and just define discipleship quickly. Discipleship is we do, you do, and then I do, right? <laughs> no. Is that the order? <laughs> I do, we do, you do. That's what it is. Nailed it. I nailed it.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean, that's a method of discipleship. I wouldn't right. say that's the definition of discipleship, but that's typically how it goes is I will do something, then we're gonna do it together, and mm-hmm. then I'm gonna let you do it, and I'll oversee and watch you do it. And that right. could be studying God's word, it could be learning whatever how to the clean things. the bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> so the first step <laughs> in training. teaching our children the things of God yeah. is one, own the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Own the responsibility. God has called you, parent, to teach them. That's riddled throughout scripture, yeah. namely at Deuteronomy 6 in uh, certain passages of Proverbs. It doesn't say, hey, Sunday school teacher, raise up the kids in the way they should go and when they're older they will not will not depart from it. It doesn't say, hey, Sunday school teacher, pastor, uh, teach this to the kids while they're going to bed and while they're waking up and as you come and as you go from their house, that's creepy by the way. <laughs> no, it's parent,
1: yeah.
0: raise them up. It's your responsibility as the parent. Right. You are their first discipler. And so if you own that responsibility, if you say, No one else is gonna do this, and you talked about that. It's my job. If a youth pastor happens to help carry that burden and help in in a certain angle, because they get to an age where they need someone else who's not their parent to (laughs) to tell them truths, that's a great thing. They should be
1: affirming those same truths, right? That you've taught them as parents. Yeah,
0: or if a friend or a mentor comes alongside your kid at some point, that's great, but it's not their responsibility to disciple your, Mm -hmm. your child, ultimately, it's yours. And so God has called you to it. That's the first one.
1: Yeah. So own that responsibility. You, you are the parent. Be confident in that. You have Mm -hmm. permission. God has given you them as the parent, them to you as the child. And so walk in that. Uh, The second one, which I think is pretty fun, is to make a plan. Uh, Mm -hmm. What will you read together? When, what time of the day? What topics do you guys want to talk about? Uh, These questions, they're, they're, better answered preemptively, and then uh, so that when the time comes, you can have a little bit of focus and you kind of feel more prepared. Mm. Uh, you like to read; like the Gospel of John is a great place to start. We've actually we actually did start in Genesis, and we've been going through the Bible. And we're currently in Numbers. We did skip <laughs> we a lot of Leviticus. A few Leviticus, and then there was one. Um, pretty horrific scene i think it was in I don't know,
0: it was genesis 19 has some pretty bad yeah stuff in so you yeah. know
1: you kind of got to understand the ages and stages if you're ready to have those conversations you got the vocabulary go uh but sometimes those <laughs> you have to be aware of what the content is
0: here's the beauty of that real quick because people will say well the bible's you know it's too rough like if if man were trying to create this book that were that would just have all this uh, per, it would be perfect. They would keep out a lot of these stories. But instead, we have a God who's trying to communicate something mm. about his character mm-hmm. through them. Now, when it comes to reading scripture to your kids, I, we are big proponents of let the counsel of God bear its weight on these little souls. Mm-hmm. Let the whole counsel of God bear its weight. Meaning, don't just read children's Bibles to your kids. Right. Read to them the holy scriptures. Yeah. We have amazing interpretations. You may not be a Hebrew scholar or a Greek scholar, but the interpretations are are good. Yeah. They're worth
1: I would say the Bible needs to be your primary source of what you read. And then we also tell our children just to help them understand what is the gospel fluency, but also like the stories of the Bible, Bible literacy, Bible literacy. So this is a children's storybook Bible. This is these are not these are to help you understand what Uh these stories are about, where they fall on the timeline of of humanity and why they're important. And so just familiarizing kids with that idea is good. But again, the primary source we would argue uh to start with the bible and for length we say start with five minutes a day and kind of grow from there i think you'll be surprised that when you start this Mm -hmm. habit uh the conversations and the connection and the relationship it'll it'll just grow and deepen
0: real quick we had one we had somebody ask us what children's bible we recommend um the child's story bible i think is what it's called it's by Catherine voss it's phenomenal to me it's the best one it was written i don't know 80 years ago yeah it was actually her mother's manuscript that she took and finished it Mm -hmm. of these summaries of the bible uh chapter for chapter pretty much Uh, and so what we'll do is in the morning on a good day right some days are different but we'll read whatever chapter whatever story we're in in scripture we'll talk about it i'll ask them questions i Mm -hmm. do a lot of active recall stuff where i'll ask them what they learned to make sure they paid attention they're eight and five, so you know there's a lot of patience involved in that process. And two, and, and the two-year-old, she just she wants her turn. <laughs> she wants her turn. <laughs> um, but then at night, when the, when I'm when we're reading to them at night, we'll read them out of this Catherine Voss storybook Bible, and it's um it really does solidify the stories that they right. learned in that morning. We try
1: to read yeah the same stories. So, so make make a plan.
0: Yep. First
1: um, one, own the responsibility. Second one, make a plan. Third one, embrace the small moments. I think we talked about this in mm-hmm. another episode at the in-between moments and how they're kind of underrated Mm -hmm. as parents we kind of miss those opportunities whether kids are on their phones or goodness kids have phones now (laughs) uh in between like car rides and stuff there's opportunities for conversation and are we seizing those opportunities are we seeing them and are we taking them and are we uh recognizing them I guess
0: one really tangible way to do this is if say your child ends up getting hurt in some way you know they're playing or they're emotionally frustrated or hurt don't just so- solve the hurt problem instead say you know be compassionate toward them as you normally would mm-hmm. and then stop and say can we pray for this right now mm-hmm. and so what that does is that teaches them that prayer is not just something to do at the dinner table right. or before bed it's something we do all throughout the day right. all right the, the fourth one is pray and hope so this is kind of, it might sound out there, I would argue it's probably the toughest part because you do the work and you trust that God is going to use mm. the faithfulness for fruitfulness.
1: Yeah, you lay the feast.
0: and so, But we can't be so cavalier so as to think that because we did the right thing, yeah. because we put A and B in, that C is going to come out the other end. Right. Uh, we see in Proverbs, train up your children in the way, to train up a child in the way you should go and when he is grown he will not part from it. That's an axiomatic phrase, it's not a guarantee. And the, what, we're, what we're to take from that is that by and large, if we embrace the things of God, uh, they will bear fruit. Much mm-hmm. like if you water soil and there's sunshine, there will probably, and you put a seed in there, there's gonna be a plant sprouting up. God makes the sprouting happen. Mm-hmm. He makes and it And so grows. we plant, we water, we, we mm-hmm. position the, the seed in good soil, but we can't make it grow. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stop, we pray. hope that god will will stir in them an affection for him that is from from the inside out right not just them parroting the ideas that we've told them to parrot but now it's them actually having an affection for herself Della had a prayer the other day for dinner that was completely blindsiding to Mm me and it was like help us to love you more or something like that she's never prayed like that before usually it's like thanks for this food help our friends amen <laughs> and this was like lord help us just to honor you more and like i was like almost crying because <laughs> it completely surprised me and that was just a little glimmer of maybe a little seedling popping up over right, the soil there right
1: so, we did another episode on this i think it was t- it was like our second or third of let god be lo- god and you be the parent so you be the parent let god be god that was, um, i
0: don't know if that was a video was it it was a video okay. i thought check it out
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> if not it will be no it's at least
0: a podcast episode yes, on, yes. Yeah.
1: and then the fifth one here so just a quick recap own the responsibility god's called you to be them be their teacher make a plan primary source being the bible embrace those small moments uh in between all of life pray and hope lay the mm. feast pray and ask the lord hope yeah. hope love always hopes um Number five, don't do it alone. So obviously you're not the only parent in the whole wide world, right? Trying to teach and train and Mm. disciple your children in the truths of God. Find other people in your church community, in the body of Christ, other believers that are doing it, that have done it, that are getting started in doing it. Lock arms with them. Learn, discuss techniques, things that have worked for you, uh, Mm. discussion points, prompts, tools. You're not alone. You don't have to do it alone. And so... Don't do it alone, <laughs> I guess would be the yeah. encouragement. What a,
0: what a lie of culture and a lie of the enemy is, you know, here, show everybody just your best moments. Mm. That's, you know, everybody loves their kids when they're on social media feeds <laughs> and they love your kids when they're on social media fees, feeds, but, uh, and then take all the dark moments and just bury those, bury the, don't deal with those, don't actually go to that same community and ask for help. On the flip side, there's this kind of like, oh, my life's just a mess all the time. And you know, there's kind of the glorifying of that side of it. No, like be honest in yeah. your struggle with one another. Mm-hmm. Don't do it alone. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your, your your spouse. Be honest with your friends. Don't do it alone. Okay, so that's, that's it. Recap one, one more time because I need recaps. <laughs> First one, own the responsibility. Second one, make a plan. The third one is embraced the small moments. Fourth one, pray and hope. And the fifth one is don't do it alone. And I think those, those five things are going to get you well on your way yeah. toward this objective of doing the most important thing that we are to do as Christian parents, and that's to teach and instruct our children in the truths and in the ways of God mm-hmm. and in the person and work of Christ crucified and resurrected. Yeah. That is our goal. Mm. Now, if our kids go off to college and they have that, I don't care what they do with their lives. Like, I really, really don't care what they do with their lives because if they love the Lord, they're going to do something that's honoring to him. Mm-hmm. They're going to find in themselves yes. in company that, are, that is honoring to him. Yeah. Hopefully a spouse that <laughs> I don't Ryan's, want. To, yeah. Ryan's praying already. Yeah, <laughs> We're well, <absolutely>. praying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's our encouragement to you. We hope something in here has helped you. Let me pray this out. Lord, I thank you for your, um, your assurance that you're faithful, mm. um, that you're even more faithful than, than we realize. So what I pray for the parents who are watching and listening to this. I pray that they would be, um, in, in reinvigorated in mm-hmm. their boldness in teaching their children your truths. I pray that they would find themselves longing, uh, to do this more mm-hmm. faithfully day by day. Not longing out of a sense of, um, not messing things up, but a longing out of a sense of loving you so deeply and loving their children so deeply that this just makes, this uh, this is just so natural to want to do it. Mm-hmm. We pray that that passion would rise up from within fueled by the holy spirit by your grace jesus amen. amen all right this episode of fierce parenting is in the can I'll see you again in about seven days so until then
1: stay fierce